What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down Intermission, uh, and we're doing something a little different. I know I've hinted at it and said on the show uh, previously, we're actually not doing video games this week. Matt uh, did, was not able to record this week, um, so uh, we are postponing Lost Odyssey until next week. But I got with me Anthony. Hello. And we're going to be talking about weird, creepy stuff from the internet. Or true things that are unsolved. Uh, we are Robert Stack. And, and, uh, yeah. and I guess this is your warning if that's not your jam. Like, there's some grim, dark subjects. Uh, nothing uh, more than, I guess, murder or potential murder. But, yeah. You know, I just so people aren't like upset if they've accidentally stumbled into this. This is not going to be necessarily light. Um, I, I think it should be noted that the reason why we're talking about this, though, is that it's not so much the um, what's the term the the gore factor or or that I guess right. like the the interest we have is purely because it's unsolved and it's a mystery. Right. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is, uh, like, I was a huge fan of Unsolved Mysteries. I still am. Uh, my wife and I actually went back. So Amazon, of all places, has every single episode of Unsolved Mysteries on there. And they have actually, the studio who bought the rights to it has actually done their homework. And if you go back and watch it, so like an episode from like 1989, there's updates to it, if there were updates to it, from up to 2019. I believe the owners is Film Rise. You're right. Film Rise. So, so if you, I don't know if it's in the States because rights issues and stuff, but those are all on YouTube as well. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, now, I don't know if they have the updates attached, but you can definitely go and watch Unsolved Mysteries, the original series, on YouTube right now. Yeah. But uh, th I found that highly um, um, fascinating. My wife and I sat down back in 2019 and started re-watching all these old episodes, and we noticed that they were like, update and it was it's not like narrated it's just kind of like quick little blurbs at the bottom of the screen saying oh in 2019 this man was released or they found the remains or this guy admitted to it and i'm just like oh wow this is like recent and i was like this is well done i was i was so happy and we kept watching i was i was kind of addicted to it for a while there um but yeah i've i've always loved unsolved mysteries the theme song used to scare the crap out of me as a kid i don't know why i mean because you know what's following. Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I was, every time I heard the, I was like, oh, I believe in the room. It's scary. I'm, I'm scared now when I was a kid. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I've always been obsessed with it. And it seems like, uh, the internet, particularly YouTube, has really rejuvenated that. There are multiple channels that I follow that do some fantastic, investigative reporting on this kind of stuff. Uh, I, I'm really big into the internet mysteries, like the, which usually turn out to be an ARG, which is, uh, which is lame. Can I, 
Can I? So this is a little mini rant, and I know people love my rants. Haha. <laughs> um, my, I don't have an issue with ARGs. The problem is, is that I feel that most people that build them don't understand what makes them fun. Uh, you know, I actually questioned putting uh, horse ebooks and uh, pronunciation manual or guide. I can't recall which one. There was two. Um, which had these weird build-ups to nothing. Yeah. Um, there was something that happened with them, but it it killed any momentum they had. Uh, and ruined two interesting accounts, because I believe they were bought by somebody who then sort of started the ARG. And if you go back and look at the history of ARGs, which... I mean, there are some that are uh, unsolved, I'm sure. Sure. You have things like, uh, I b- believe it was I Love Bees, uh, which yeah. is the Halo 3 yeah. or Halo 2. Um, that was a big they, one. They, so, But there was a payoff. It was seeing something that the world had not seen before anyone else sees it, right? And so... So I'll, I'll go as far as to say, and it's played out now. I think they still handle it. Marble Hornets, when that first released, right? And, I had but, never heard of the Slender Man, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" But Marble Hornets, I think, does enough where they have established their own lore. Yeah. So, as much as there's an ARG, it is clearly built for the fans of Marble Hornets. So there's a payoff still. If that makes sense, like there has to be some payoff. There was a there's a game not uh, released not too long ago called uh, No Players Online. Yes, and it has no built-in fan base, and it's a big ARG, and then it ends. And I guess that's a payoff, but like Marble Hornets doesn't start up with the idea of being an ARG necessarily. Right. There's elements potentially, but it's also willing to be just a internet series. Yeah. Uh, and a very well done creepy internet series. And so when you look at the best ARGs, you have the Frog Fractions 2, which was crazy. Yep. Uh, there's the Binding of Isaac one. And there's a couple others with, like, movies um, that I can't recall because they aren't necessarily in my interest range. But there's some payoff that is outside of just playing the game. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. The only reason why an ARG is good is that there's some payoff. Either you learn more of the story that you are already invested in, or there is, like a physical thing or a digital thing that you get. Yeah. That's so um, that's that kind of plays off to Hotful Boyfriend um because I reviewed that game. Th- it, it works because I mean nowadays everybody knows what it's actually about. There is an underlying thing in Hotful Boyfriend that they never allude to in any of the trailers when this game was coming out and they never actually allude to until probably your second playthrough of that game where you're just like, what the hell is actually happening in this game? It's, it's not a, a pigeon dating simulator. 
there is way more to it than that. It is fucking weird. And I found it fascinating. Because I was like, I had no idea what this was. I thought it was just a joke game where you're dating pigeons. No, no. There is way more to it than that. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody who actually has never played that game and have has any interest in it. So I'm not going to say any more. But it's yeah. it's the same as the um, Doki Doki Literature Club. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, I, I'll talk about seeing how we're talking about video games in this podcast where we said we weren't really talking about video games. Um, are you familiar with Yume, Yume Niki? Wow, couldn't get that out of my mouth. Yume Niki? Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay, so it's an RPG maker game. Right. Without RPG elements. And it is, I think, inspired somewhat by the game Off, which was a French RPG maker game. Um that sort of started the revolution of RPG, but it, it, they may have came come out around the same time. They're both made on the same pro, uh, version of RPG Maker. And the mystery is not so much the game, although a lot of it is vague. So any story elements that you pull out of it is based on interpretation of the elements presented. It's very strange. It's very experimental. But no one really knows who made it. Uh, it's just by a person named Kikiyama. Okay. And Kikiyama isn't really on the internet. Now, there is a remake published by Playism called Yume Niki Dream Diary, and it plays more like Limbo rather than this weird experimental game. Uh-huh. They say that they have talked to Kikiyama, which I assume has to be true to some extent, because they, I don't think copyright would have gone over well. But it's still odd, and it inspired a ton of fan games. And this guy just... I say guy. This person never really cashed in. Yeah. Didn't, and didn't care to, I guess. I guess... If you look up the amount of Yume Niki fan games, it's insane. I have never heard of this. You you should look into it. If okay. nothing else, look into the wiki of the things that can happen in that game. It's this subtle sense of horror and dread rather than... I can't even say there's not jump scares. There's jump scares, but it's this... It's so bizarre. There's really nothing like it. Um, yeah, and it's just it's fascinating that. And I, I realize there's a bunch of games out there that we really don't know who made them, but they're usually abandoned. They don't reach some cult status, right? And here's this game that reached cult status just because of how different it is, and. Yeah, just never. We still don't. We don't know what they look like. We don't hear from them ever that we know of. I'm sure they're on the internet, but maybe they're not. Like, it was just put on Two Chan, and it became popular. And then an unofficial English translation happened, and it's just a very odd. 
So if if we're if we're going to go ahead and knock out the ARGs and the video games, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the one I found probably the most fascinating for a while there, uh, Kanye Quest. Oh, uh, I thought I I have another one, so that's okay. Okay, so Kanye Quest Thirty Thirty is a I, I'm assuming it's made in in RPG Maker. It may not be. Um, but uh, yeah, Kanye Quest started out kind of like a a joke video game almost like uh charles barkley's shut up and jam gaiden um where you played as kanye west in a little rpg uh fighting other rappers um and everybody kind of thought it was like a haha funny game with probably an homage to to hip-hop um but somebody found a secret room in this game that had a QR code, which then led to a weird-ass website, and it was actually ran by a cult, and they had, like, a phone number that you could call and leave, like, a voice message, and apparently some of those people's voice messages ended up in Kanye Quest. It was friggin' weird. But of course, it did turn out to be a ARG. So or assumed to be, yeah. Yeah, they they never actually confirmed or denied. They just kind of abandoned it. Yeah, that's that happens. Yeah, it's how I feel about the. You see, it's it's a video game that you can't play called Pets Cop. Oh, I know that one. Yeah fascinating series we don't know what the point is uh, the there's not really any lore to take away from the videos you have to kind of just build it together and i'm gonna be honest most of it seems held together with string it's not very solid interpretations but like that was a lot of work to not lead to anything. Yeah, they modeled like almost a full video game and made and videos it lo- of it. And it looks and it looks like an old PS1 game. Yeah. Like down to the way it's artifact like it looks like it's being played on a CRT. Yeah. It's bizarre. And it, when it's in the sort of everything is happy before it gets weird and creepy. It looks just like you'd have like one of those weird experimental PS1 games. Yeah. And I I do not it, it's ended now or for the time being, I guess, or permanently, and I'm not sure what what happened. <laughs> That's like um god, I, I can't ever think of the name of it. I can't really find anything on it anymore. I tried looking it up before. Apparently it was a cursed video game. I think this is more of a creepypasta that people made videos of. A cursed video game, a Russian video game, where you can choose to play as a girl or play as a demon. Okay. And if you played as the demon, the character was invisible and the game was much harder. But it was a game that you could only beat in one sitting, and if you died any time during the game, the game would delete itself. Oh, interesting. I mean, there's definitely games that will delete themselves. 
Yeah. If you fail one time, but uh, huh, interesting. Um, but I always found that one interesting too. But that's that's just a creepy pasta, like like you know Ben drowns. Yeah, and there's that Harvest Moon like game that uh, the farming game where you kill your wife and you bury her. That yeah, you keep her in the basement, you, and then the yeah. cops show up, and you have to constantly move her body. And and everybody's. Pretty sure it's a fake post on indie gaming. Yeah, Reddit, but it's still like it's a lot of detail for something that doesn't exist. And there's also multiple people who have brought it up. Saying, yeah, I played well, I this mean, game. I mean, it's probably the same person if it's not real, but it could be. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so I'll get into uh, one of the heavier ones. Have you? I'm not going to uh, play, I wouldn't say play the 911 call, but um, have, are you familiar with the Ruth 911 call? Where you hear the person break Breaking in? Breaking in, yeah. That, no one can confirm that's real. Yeah. So it's either done for training, It's or it's a hoax. This didn't this didn't this like uh, this recording supposedly like over like ten to fifteen years old at this point. Uh, the earliest mention of it was on a forum by a former nine one one operator in two thousand two. Okay, so yeah, I get the feeling this is probably used for training purposes. I assume so, but it's so well done. Yes. It's uncomfortable. Um, but there's no articles on a death in this... Um, City. Y- yeah. It, like, the, all this stuff, it, 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 it's one of those weird ones where it's like, I cannot say it is more likely to be fake than not. Uh, yeah, it's... They played it off as if because the nine one one operator never actually asked the the location that they yes. never actually sent a police officer to investigate, so they don't actually know what happened or where it happened. Yeah, it's never revealed in the phone call where it happened, so it makes it harder to find out. Um, it, 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 yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel it's like not that's the first a training time, video. But, but it's, what's weird at this point is that it's, I think, like one, I don't know how it leaks. It, whether it's real or not, I don't know how that leaks. It's it's illegal to release the nine one one phone call of someone dying, apparently. Okay. But if it's just for training purposes, who puts that out there? That's very odd. You know, and. At this point, there are, unfortunately, real phone calls of 911 operators, like, not helping the person. Yeah. There's the lady that drowned in her car, and the 911 operator was useless. Um, Now, technically, it's... She died, but she's not dying on the phone, so it's, I guess, okay. It's kind of fucked up, but... um, Regardless, this phone call is like it makes the hairs on my arm 
stand on end just talking about it because I yeah. it's one of those things that sticks with you. I don't suggest people go listen to it. Um, it's if it's just one of those things where it's like if this is acted, if this is not real, Academy Award winning performance. Yeah, no, that because that scream is wow. Yeah, it's absolutely horrifying. So, you want me to? We're get... talking about. I mean, we're in the the heavy stuff now. Um, you you pick and choose. Okay. Actually, here before we before we go on, I got one because I have a bunch of them. Um, there's a 1990 documentary called Paris is Burning. It is about gay culture. The reason why I bring that up is there's um. Now I I I apologize in advance. I'm usually better at this. I'm going to refer to Dorian Corey as a woman because that's what they've done on Wikipedia. However, she is listed as a drag performer, so I do not know how she identifies or she identified because she is now deceased. She died in 1993, so three years after the documentary, and she died of AIDS related complications. However, they're apparently talking to her in her apartment in the movie. And when she died, the preserved body of Robert Worley, sometimes known as Robert Wells, was found amongst Corey's belongings. He appeared to have died from a gunshot wound to the head. And had determined uh, they determined the body to have been dead for approximately fifteen years. The body was just kept in the closet. They don't know why. It, it just and you see the closet apparently in Paris is Burning. I only know about this from the death as- aspect. I've never seen Paris is Burning. I've heard it's an amazing documentary. Um, it just also sounds very sad because it's a bunch of people who were kicked out of their houses but yeah this woman kept a dead body in her closet for 15 years i have never heard that before oh it is fucked up no kidding that's like some norman bates shit right there and and only and and the only reason why they found it is because she died um and like it is it is it is a like two. It is sorry. It is a sentence and a small little paragraph on the Wikipedia page. I cannot find much more information than that. Wow. Hmm. Um. It says here, uh, the third episode of the show Pose in season two has a transgender house mother who is apparently kills a man, or has a man die. Sorry, from an overdose in her private dungeon. Um, very clearly based on Dorian Corey's situation. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. I gotta look oh, that man, you just... It is one of those things that just... Living with a dead body, I... That fucking bothers me on some level. I... <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. And so it was preserved? I mean, it it, it, it mummifies eventually. 
I guess. You'd have to be able to tell how how old it is, you know? Like, they could tell that he was dead for 15 years. That's a long time to keep a body. Yeah. A very long time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. I have never heard that one before, so yeah. Well, if we're getting into the heavy stuff, let's... um. Oh boy. Let's talk about Joshua Maddox. <clears throat> so Joshua Maddox um, was a 18-year-old uh, boy uh, who uh, went missing uh, in 2008. Uh, and, um, well, they found him uh, years and years later. <laughs> Uh, so he went missing in 2008, was found in 2015, uh, and, uh, what was weird was that he was only, what, three blocks away from his house? In an abandoned house? But he wasn't just in an abandoned house, he was in the chimney of an abandoned house. And what was so strange about the whole incident was that he was actually head first in the uh in the chimney so just so people understand his head was downwards yes so he it was almost as if he dove into the chimney itself and what people don't realize is and what I didn't realize was is that chimneys aren't just a straight shot down um, no they 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 angle so they actually get um, how do I put it? They are tapered in a way, interior like the interior is tapered so that it is smaller at the bottom and wider at the top. Yes. Um, the other strange thing is is that um, a few of his belongings were found inside the house itself. Um, but uh. One of the things that was very strange was uh, his clothes. He had somehow taken off his pants. His pants were actually down around his ankles. And this is including his underwear. And they can't figure out why he would have taken his pants off. Other than the fact that he was maybe trying to make himself smaller so he could fit either in or out of it. At the same time, nobody in their right mind would go headfirst into a chimney. So, that leads to the question, what happened to this kid? And then I point to a Reddit post uh, from uh, years ago talking about this guy saying that he knew Josh Maddox and that uh, he went to school with him. And he was also friends with this kid who is weird. Uh, And at one point, this weird kid uh, claimed that he was going to go meet up with Josh. And they never saw Josh again. A week later, the weird kid moved away. 
and is now somewhere in, I think, Utah or or Arizona now. I can't remember where exactly. Um, but everything that this this OP says on Reddit coincides perfectly with everything that's been said or known about the Joshua Maddox case. It is so weird and disturbing that for, what, four years? Four? Uh, no, it was... Hold on. It was seven. Seven years, sorry. So I can't do my 2008, math. 2008 is when he disappeared. 2015 was, was when, when he was found. found. Yeah. That is a crazy case. And however, I have to argue that it makes sense to me in this point. Um, now, I'm not saying that didn't happen, but the Reddit person was insinuating. However, I not too long ago sent you the case of Harley Billy. Yes. And this is far more recent. Unfortunately, this child also passed. Um, 14, I believe it was last year that he was found dead um, in the chimney of a vacant house right across the street. And the he climbed into the chimney. This is the assumed case. Um, this home was vacant as well. However, obviously, vacant doesn't mean doors are open. You can just open in to get into the... I open the door to get in. So uh, he climbed up on scaffolding. So it was under renovation, which makes this a lot more likely um, in this particular case, not so much in the Joshua Maddox case. Um, and he was able to get into the chimney and then hits the floor of the chimney which is basically a stopping point. Um, and then he can't climb back to the roof. Now, obviously, in this particular case, he is upright. However, he pushed his clothes out. And it's just, that's how they ended up figuring out he was in the chimney. Uh, now, I'm not saying that that Joshua Maddox was mur wasn't murdered because this child died in a very similar fashion but what i am saying is that by itself the 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 Maddox case is odd when you have a similar case that is clearly not related at all other than the um the manner in which the person died, you start to see like, oh, this is, this is how it might have happened in general, right? You push your clothes out to get more breathing space. Maybe I can squeeze through. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to do when you're inside a chimney, but it is possible to take your own clothes off, clearly. It, it it's odd, and, and and again, I'm not saying Maddox wasn't murdered. It's it's far more odd than the Harley Dilly case, but that established some doubt in me that he was 
murdered. So the Harley Dilly case is a little bit more disturbing because he actually had a internet footprint. Yes. So he was a YouTuber. Um, not, yeah. not not a very popular YouTuber, but he did do a lot of YouTubing. He, I believe his videos are still up. I'm not sure. I think he was a uh, Roblox creator. Yeah, he did a lot of so Roblox. He did a lot of like Madden, I think, or maybe uh, some kind of uh, sports game. Um, but he also did a few vlogs, and he had a very rocky home life. Uh, there's a couple of actually disturbing uh, videos that he posts of like, hey, my mom's mad at me and she locked me out of the house. And he's sitting out in his yard filming himself in the cold. And he's like, I don't know. Something bad's going to happen. I think he remember. I think he actually says that. Yeah. It's... It's a, it's a very sad... I mean, both cases are very sad, but it's just... When... this In this age where people have these digital footprints, it's... Uh, there's a lot more to, unfortunately, be learned. If you look up disappeared people or missing people, um, disappeared implies that they were forced to disappear. Yeah. Uh, but if you look up missing people, that uh, Wikipedia actually separates from 1970 to now, and then pre-1970. And it, towards the bottom of the list, which is more recent, you start to see the footprints people leave behind. And we as people always put a little bit more focus on to that stuff and are like, well, look at the final posts. They were this and that. And it's like, this was implying this. And everybody thinks of those last words as having more meaning behind them. I'll uh, see you tomorrow. Oh, why did he say that? Ugh. Yeah. You know, like... It, it always has that, but with the, as much digital footprint as you have. But the Harley Dilly one's uh, way more heavy uh, because he was far more active. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, the, the both those cases are insane. Um, that uh, the the one the strange thing that I I remember seeing about the um, the Maddox case was the fact that um, they found multiple items of his inside the house and it just feels a little fishy as if, as if he had been in that house before and then somehow ended up in the chimney yeah I mean look I it still bother it, again another one that makes the hairs stand on end um so you know yeah alright so what about you what you got next oh man so uh Another one of those, because we just talked about two cases that kind of, you know, mesh in a way. Um, there is a movie, uh, Changeling, directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, with um, Angelina Jolie, right? Yes. Are you familiar with what that's about? Yes. Okay. So, uh, a boy named Walter Collins disappeared. Um, who on his way to the cinema in 1928. It's obviously old. Um, 
his mother Christine was worried and the police five months uh five months later bring another boy claiming to be Walter back to her and she goes that's not my son yeah <laughs> and they're like maybe you should say it's your son and they pressured her to resolve the case they were like no this is your son and she was like no i have dental records this is not my son and and to give her all the credit in the world she she was a really good detective in proving that fact um and yeah it was this boy who had run away and they he admitted to it eventually that um, he was um, that he was not Walter Collins, and then somebody was put on trial for the murder of Walter Collins uh, later on. He abducted and killed multiple boys. Um, however, the reason why I bring this up because it's very old. Um, there is a. French serial imposter named Frederick Bourdin. And he has pretended to be... He's 46. And at the time of all these, he is not a child. He is an adult. Um, here's here's one of them. Uh, Nicholas Barclay age 13 at the time he went missing was last seen playing basketball with his friends in his hometown of San Antonio, Texas on June 13th, 1994. Uh, Bourdin take Barclay's identity, identity and was flown to the United States in 1997. Uh, although Bourdin had brown eyes and a French accent, he convinced the family he was their blue eyed son saying he had escaped from a child prostitution ring and the ring had altered his eye color. He lived with the family for five months. Wow. Um, and then a private investigator was like, mm, I don't think that's your son. And they're like, he's like, look at the ears. Uh, I'm pretty sure the family kind of held on. Like, no, no, no. And they're like, okay, fingerprints and DNA. Like, this private investigator is like, you are being lied to by this creep that is living in your house. Um... And then, oh god, he just this is his this is his mo. He just pretends to be orphans and and missing children, and he's a creep. But it's like you wonder how that could happen, and it still is happening. This weird French guy who's balding <laughs> or has thinning hair, at least he uh, he did it in the nineties. Isn't there a guy that's currently in a Canadian prison who they don't know who he actually is? Yeah, there's that guy too. He's not pretending to be children. Of no, course, no. But, um, but he refuses to tell them who he actually is, and they actually don't know who he is. And he's I think been they in have prison some for like idea. seven years or something like that. I think they have some idea of who he is at this point. Yeah, I mean but, he, he's a he's a you know he's a con artist basically. Yeah. Um. Speaking of like uh, people that show up and and under mysterious circumstances, um, I have to look this up because it just came up to my head. The man from oh god, 
It is this... Do you know the man from Tored? Maybe. It's... I'm gonna... I'm just gonna say the story. Uh, I apologize. I'm trying not to read as much, because I do know a lot of these, but I will miss facts in this one. Um, on July... In July... And this is... It says on July 1954. That is not how you write a date or a sentence that has no specific date. Anyways, July 1954, man arrives in the Tokyo airport. He's Caucasian in appearance, but the officials are suspicious. On checking his passport, they see that he hails from a country called Tored. There is no country called Tored, but the passport looks genuine. So they're like, where are you from? And he's like Tored. They're like, point to it on a map. Points apparently to the Principality of Andorra, but becomes confused and angry because he's never heard of Andorra. Uh, it he says it's existed more than a thousand years, so why why is it not there? Customs uh, found him in possession of money from several different European currencies. This passport has been stamped by many airports around the globe, including previous visits to Tokyo. Baffled, they took him to a hotel and place him in a room with two guards outside until they get to the bottom of the mystery. Uh, the company he claimed to work for had no knowledge of him, although he had copious amounts of documentation to prove his point. The hotel claimed he had a reservation for... Uh, sorry, the hotel he claimed to have a reservation for had never heard of him. Um, the company he was supposed to meet in Tokyo just was like, I don't know them. And then when they opened up his room, he was gone. And he was a couple floors up. There was no balcony. They don't know. Here's the thing. I cannot find any documentation of this. And so this is very similar to the Markovian Parallax Denigrate, which is the old forum spam that a lot of people think is some coded message. Clearly, our source has been lost at some point, which has allowed people to run rampant saying this is clearly the truth. It evolved. However, yeah. yes. However, the Markovian Parallax Denigrate, Denigrade, I can't recall, um, you, can, you can actually find out facts still because just enough info has been saved from the old uh, boards that you can pull out that, oh, it was a bunch of Christian boards that were being spammed by one, like, bot, basically. Um, an early version of. I have looked for this story, because it's clearly interesting. And I cannot find the source. So, my assumption is that somebody wrote a very good idea down. And it sounded real enough that it was shared by someone who didn't understand it was fiction, or the person that wrote it originally posed it as truth. Right. And there is... There is... Just nothing now. And we have a bunch of people who keep sharing it around like it's truth. And this is, this is actually an issue I have with a lot of the creepy sort of channels on YouTube. Yeah. Um... The reason why I say go watch Nexpo over another person with a very similar name 
and and other channels is that Nexpo will show you his work. Um, somebody like Barely Sociable shows you his work. Yeah, They get you to the point where they are writing an essay, and an essay needs sources. This has no source. This is just horseshit. And it leads me into, perfectly actually, it leads me into the do people swallow eight spiders a year? You might so, be thinking so now we're now we're going into urban legends. But but it's hold on. It is not an urban legend. It is a internet legend. Okay. And the reason why is because if you go to Snopes right now, they'll tell you it's false. Um and they give you current current like scientific American things. But this is this is this is verbatim. So how did this claim arise? In a 1993 PC professional article, columnist Lisa Holst wrote about the ubiquitous lists of facts that were circulating via email and how readily they were accepted as truthful by gullible recipients. To demonstrate her point, Holst offered her own made-up list of equally ridiculous facts, among which was the statistic cited above about the average person swallowing eight spiders per year, which she took from a collection of common misbeliefs presented in a 1954 book on insect folklore. In a delicious irony, Holst's propagation of this false fact has spurred it into becoming one of the most widely circulated bits of misinformation to be found on the internet. Do you want me to get into the the fucking weirdness of that uh, paragraph? Go for it. PZ Professional. I cannot find that magazine. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Oh my! Uh, Lisa Holst. I don't. I don't know who she is. I mean, is there a Lisa Holst out there? Probably. I. You can find them, but nobody can find this particular issue of PC Professional. No one can find Lisa Holst. Can, any, right. can anybody find that book about insect no! folklore? So, is is this is this Snopes article filled with its own lies to adding, see if it can propagate? To it? Yeah, because it's not the first time they've done that. Damn, there is a Snopes article about Mister Ed. You know the horse? Yes, the horse. They lied and said he was a zebra, but the stripes couldn't be picked up on camera. Uh, okay, I, that was a thing that they were trying to spread at one point, and it was just on there for it wasn't, years. It wasn't like an April Fool's joke or something. No, it never said it was. I mean, aren't zebras normally smaller than a horse? I believe, I believe so. Yeah, Mister Ed was a pretty damn big horse. Now, now, if you go, it says Lost Legend. But, but it, for a good time. Uh, it was listed as a fact. <laughs> Man, this, you turned into Jesse Ventura over here. But it's it's just one of those things where it's like there have been people that have gone and looked for this 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 proof. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, sure. And no one can find it. That's the whole point of Snopes, right? Right. So here's this. So there's there's PC Pro, 
But like, it, it not from the date that they say. So the year founded nineteen ninety four. And it's just like, is this a, an English magazine? Like, they don't specify where it's from either. And I'm pretty sure there was multiple PC Pro magazines, right? Sure. Like, but the way they write it, PC Professional, like, they can't find, yeah, it, it's, it, it ends up being this, like, oh, okay. And I remember talking to a friend, and he's like, dude, they can't, like, He's like, I've looked, I've, I can't find it. So I looked, and now there's people online that are like, I can't fucking prove that this woman wrote this magazine article. Maybe that's changed since, but absolutely what the fuck, man. <laughs> it just keeps going deeper. Oh, fuck. It's, it's just, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, sure, keep going. Okay. What else you got? John Titor, Titor, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. The guy that he came up uh, 2000, 2001, said he traveled through time. You're not familiar with this? I, I think I, he'd be a coast-to-coast sort of guy. Uh, I, I, nah, not that I know of, no. Um, okay, yeah, so... Yeah, he said he... He traveled through time. He made some predictions. Um, oh, it, yeah. I did the radio stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it's fake. But there's some there's some fascinating stuff behind behind what he was saying. Um, it, I mean, I mean, it's it's I'm pretty sure at some point he bailed out and was like, well, my my being here has changed time, but yeah, I can't predict it anymore. Yeah, Teeter claimed that the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics, or the many worlds interpretation, was correct. Uh, the new time stream to form be uh, new time stream formed because of his time travel. All right, well, you know when his when his predictions don't work. Well, it's because I changed everything. So he's 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 the cause of the Mandela effect. Are we? Uh, Speaking of which, I'm going yeah. into, I'm going into the my Mandela effect uh uh little story. All right. Um. So there is a thing that was circulating the internet a few years ago, um, titled the 2006 volleyball incident. Uh, and uh, if you try to find anything on this, it's almost impossible. But there are a few forums and posts about it. And it basically, basically speculates the Mandela effect as in, in 2006, uh, at a high school in the Midwest, um, there was either a, a school shooting or a bomb went off during a volleyball tournament. There are multiple people on the internet and in the in the world who firmly believe and remember this happening. Either it happened at my school or it happened in the school neighboring hours or something like that. But it's never the same school. It's never the same state sometimes. And it's never the same situation. The only thing that's the constant is it took place in 2006 
and it happened during some type of sporting event, typically a volleyball tournament. Now, in, can I just say I feel like it speaks more to the fact of how many school shootings happened? You, you know what? That's I think that's more the problem here. But there is something that happened, and this is real. In 2006, on September 27th, uh, there was a high school in Colorado where they had a hostage situation, and one person died. No, actually, excuse me, uh, two people died. The, the The perpetrator and a hostage died. And it happened at a school. Um, and so maybe people are remembering that. But it's, it is one of those things where I read it one time on like a picture of an iceberg. And it's like, you know, each level there's something crazier and crazier. And I saw one called the 2006 volleyball incident. And I was like, I have to know what the hell this is. And I Google searched it. And only like two or three things popped up talking about it. And I was like, that's weird. And I just kind of kept going deeper and deeper. And I was like, so something actually did happen and this isn't just bullshit. But the Mandela effect is, is weird. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, ah, there's a couple that I'm like, most of them are pretty bland. Um, but it's like, there, there's usually some sense of like, oh, I can, I can understand how we collectively fuck that up. Yeah. Um, the like one of them listed here is the Hello Clarice, right from Silence of the Lambs. Right. That's not, never, never actually said yeah. in Silence of the Lambs. Now, I'm not saying everybody has seen this movie. <clears throat> the Cable Guy. The cable guy. Yep. That's where I know it from. Because because <laughs> that is what Jim Carrey says when he turns to Matthew Broderick. Yes. He goes, hello, Clarice. It's good to see you again. But that's not what he says in the movie. But it all takes is, is one person seeing that, misremembering. It, it's, it's similar to the, the Star Wars. All someone has to do is fuck it up and go, Luke, I am your father. That, that's not the line. No. But in the context, you are not wrong. That it, like You are incorrect with what you were quoting, but you had the gist of it. Yeah. Um, what, what Hannibal Lecter says is good morning. But it, it's like he does greet Clarice with a positive response. Yeah. And in Star Wars, it is, no, I am your father, which is a far more impactful line, thank God. But, um... Because it's, Luke's, it's, the Luke say, you killed my father, and he's like, no, I am your father. Yeah. So, it, it, it's just... Yeah. There's, there, there is one thing that is very popular with the Mandela effect that I I am still blown away from. Berenstain? It is Berenstain Bears. I'm sorry. Somebody has reprinted those. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy. Okay. I have wanted to share it with you, but I felt like you'd go, 
what the absolute fuck. I'm bringing in 9-11. I'm sorry. There is a guy who is... His name is Dmitry Kalazov. Oh, okay. He is a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. I don't agree with anything he said. But he is certain that they've reprinted a bunch of dictionaries to change the meaning of Ground Zero. And nothing makes me happier than him not understanding the difference between the dictionary of English usage and a standard dictionary. This, because in the dictionary of English usage, they sort how they got the different meanings. Right. And the the dates. So they're telling you like, hey, in this in this article from this this newspaper, from this date specifically, this person used the term ground zero as blank. Not referring to a nuclear explosion. So he thinks that they have reprint they went around to all the libraries and bought up all or took all the dictionaries, reprinted them and replaced them. They couldn't cover up a break in to a fucking hotel. Do you think they're gonna get away? <laughs> wow. The amount of work it's like so you think they printed the books them fucking selves? They had to go to a publisher and be like, reprint these. Do you not think people would have questions? Yeah. Also, don't tell anybody. Yeah. We're, oh, we're, man. But we're reprinting four million books. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Everybody needs to look up the conspiracy ch- chart, which is a pyramid that goes from grounded in reality. Uh, it's an inverse pyramid. It goes from grounded in reality to detached from reality. And uh, there's some unfortunate, like, very realistic things in there. But, um, so on the speculation line, you have things like Roswell, UFOs, Marilyn Monroe, the JFK assassination, Epstein didn't kill himself, Free Britney, which I don't think is really fair to be on the speculation line, Um, and the Denver International Airport, which is its own crazy shit. That I just don't have enough time to get into, but like you should all look up the old mural that was on that. Has some weird. Oh man, what? You don't know. Oh, no, we're going into it. There's okay, something so... at the Denver National Airport. There was, dude. The murals in that place, like literally, if you look it up, the first article from the Guardian says remodeling the lizard people's lair. Oh god. Dude, it is it is some of the weirdest like these murals are so not in the right place. And it's like I don't when were these murals supposed to be made? Uh you're asking me a question I don't have the answer to. Okay. Oh, um 1995. Oh, okay. No, yeah, they were thinking about lizard people long, long before that. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. This but is just somebody, like, you know, taking a piss. Dude, if you look up the... Just look up the... Everybody should look up the murals just to wa- look at some kitsch art. They are, they are bad paintings. Oh, up. great. But, like, 
One of them's like a looks like a communist, and I say communist soldier just because of the uniform he's wearing. We're holding a scimitar and what appears to be some sort of assault rifle with a bayonet on the end of it over some children sleeping and a woman crying with a baby in her arms in destroyed buildings. Why is this in an airport? Who, oh, the, who? the soldier yeah. holds a, has a gas mask on. It looks like burning buildings in one of the pictures. That, it, it, Dude, it, it, there is a huge conspiracy that there was things underneath the airport, which I think some of it may be true, but I think all airports are technically are supposed to have like an underground section for like terrorist, terrorist attacks. attacks yeah, dude, it... I have uh, never heard of this, and I am very fascinated right now. <laughs> the reason why it's questionable is because it's so weird. Like, none of it makes sense. And I get that you, they hired a local artist, but I don't know. A lot of people have questions about that, and it, I don't know. It's just... It really took off when people started on talking about it on the internet. Now, uh, even I don't know everything about it. Like, I've probably read it a bunch of times and just dropped off, like, that information in the tra- trash. Because it's not real, but... Yeah. So, um, there's something I have to bring up this local here. It's not necessarily a mystery. Everybody's pretty sure who commissioned this. Um, we know who made it. But they don't know exactly who actually commissioned the people to make it. There's this thing called the Georgia Guidestones. It's about an hour away from my house. Uh, and they consider it the American Stonehenge. Uh, it is both a compass. It is a, um, it show, always shows the North Star. And it is also a, it's like a sundial. And it has written in like nine different languages these commandments. Yeah, I've not seen this this text before, but um, the the first one saying maintain humanity under five hundred million in perpetual balance with nature. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. Unite humanity with a living new, uh, new language. What the fuck, man? I wow. Okay, yep. How is this not talked about more? What the shit? I don't know. But and it, people were. I, I legit like live like an hour away from it. And, and people were talking about that weird little metal monolith thing that showed up. Which, by the way, don't fall for that stuff. Um, oh, you know, people were like, oh, look, there's that metal monolith uh, last year, right? Yeah. What was that, Utah or California? I can't remember. Didn't multiple show up? But that's just it. So the multiple showed up, but it's like, well, this wasn't anything complex. The next person just copied it. Yeah. Right? Like, you can have, like, some people just do shit for fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Usually they don't have commandments attached to it. This person clearly didn't do it for fun. Um, but it's like, 
this is creepy. Th- those metal monoliths, they were not interesting in the slightest, straight up. Yeah. And these guy stones have been here since the 70s. Now, now, be people... not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Yeah. All right. I. I have been to these. They're huge. They're like yeah, they're like twenty feet see... tall. I see people standing next to them. Yeah. What and, the and, fuck? Man? And and in the middle, if you stand in the middle, there is a there is a section hole that always points to the north star. Like this thing has has been deliberately made. In this spot. And as far as I know, nobody knows who is actually commissioned to make this. Now, a concrete company that's local to the area was commissioned to make this, but nobody actually knows who told them to do it. Right. So you know who made it, but then they're like, fucking, we don't know. Yeah. Somebody just paid us money to do this. Who? I, I don't know. He's anonymous. Dude, uh, yeah, like, do you know everybody that comes through your fucking target? No, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that's that's kind of our local weird thing. I've been to them before. They're huge. It's weird. It's one of those things where you pull up to it, you read it, you look at it, maybe take a picture, and then you leave. Huh. But, it, but it is just a strange thing. It's just out in the middle of nowhere. It's out in the, it's out in the field. Like it, it, you, you, you would not even know it's there unless unless somebody told you. That's the weird thing. Huh. Yeah. That okay. Yeah. I don't think I have anything like ominous like that. Uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's some fucking weird shit, man. <laughs> um. Speaking of weird shit, this is just one of my favorite stories. Um, not it's old, so I apologize. Do you know the story of Dolly Gray? Dolly Gray. Dolly, I have to just read this verbatim because it's just so fucking weird. The Dolly Gray imposter was an unknown American football player who played under the alias of Jack Dolly Gray, and end from Princeton University in 1922. He was rumored to be an All-American honoree in 1922. However, the only known player named Gray to be awarded consensus All-American honors at Princeton in 1922 was Howdy Gray, who was also an end. Under the alias of Gray, the imposter played in the NFL in 1923 for the St. Louis All-Stars and the Green Bay Packers. In 1923, the imposter approached Ollie I'm not pronouncing that last name. The owner and player coach of the NFL St. Louis All-Stars. Uh, Ollie signed him to an All-Stars, signed him to the All-Stars, where the imposter played in three games. After witnessing the poor quality of play in what he thought was Dolly Gray, an All-American football star at Princeton, Ollie discovered that he was lied to, and the man claiming to be Dolly Gray was actually an imposter. Ollie decided to pull the deception that had been pulled on him on another team. After six Oh, loss to the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Ollie released the imposter to Curly Lambeau and the Green Bay Packers in exchange for cash he desperately needed to keep his team operating. From Lambeau's perspective, it appeared that he had gained the best player on the All-Stars roster. Two weeks later, the Packers played 
the All-Stars at Sportsman Park. The game ended in a 3-0 Packers victory. After the game, Curley cornered the St. Louis owner and questioned about Dolly Gray. According to Lambeau, Gray played in just one game with the Packers and had played poorly. Then, after boarding the train for the team's game in St. Louis, he mysteriously disappeared. What? How? Yes. Right? So here's this this guy who just lied and said he was a football player, and no one knows who he was. But I'm assuming they didn't pay great money for NFL players back then, so what was his point in doing this? I, I don't know, man. Other than to get the crap beat out of him by professional football players. I don't know what... So, so is that what an end does? Just get beaten up? I mean, if he's a tight end... I, he's, it just says end. I don't know what the fuck that means. I'm end. assuming a tight end, so he's he's a guy who you know will block for the quarterback. Oh, will... yeah, okay, yep. At the end of the scrimmage. God, never mind. I understand now. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he just got beaten up. I don't, I don't know, man. But the fact that he got on the train and then disappeared, how the fuck do you disappear from a train? Jump off. Short of jumping <laughs> short of jumping off, which I'm assuming people would see you do if you're on a train full of people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we just you lost know? our tight end. <laughs> Did Dolly just jump off the train? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just such a weird story of like, here's a guy. He goes up, he approaches a coach, and is like, hey man, I'm really good at football. And the coach is like, what? <laughs> okay, I'll take you on. And then he plays the game, and you go, he goes, alright, maybe it was just a bad day. And then he plays two more or whatever, and you're like, okay, this is, this is clearly some the bullshit. What's the big idea? <laughs> like, what a weird... What a weird story. That obviously can't happen today. No, no. But I mean, there was that kid that lied himself into being a doctor. Holy and opened up his own practice. That kid, and he's done it multiple times. <laughs> he's done it like four times. That kid is awesome. He's horrible, but is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, just, ah, uh, man, another one of the internet age. Just like, it's like, I don't know how people do it nowadays, you know? Just lie and keep, be a different keep, person without you, somebody going dude what <laughs> so fucking, i just keep going back to that kid because he looks like doogie hauser he looks like a he looks like a 12 year old posing as an adult he's always got his he's got that that picture of him in a lab coat and he's got and his, the glasses, the glasses, glasses on. and he's got his arm up on his chin like posing and i'm just like look at this idiot <laughs> if we can can we he's now 21 but, yeah, just, he was a teen. Please, if we get to choose a photo for the, <laughs> you need to use the photo of him with the hand underneath his chin. Okay, I'll do it. That'll, that'll be our photo. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, yeah, he did it multiple times. Yeah, he, he got arrested, he got sued, and then he, he comes back and just like, oh, he opened up a second practice in the town next over. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. It's just like, how broken is the system if you don't stop that from happening again? No kidding. <laughs> After he's been caught. It's not even like they figured it out and he was already gone. You know, it's like he was caught. <laughs> yeah. 
There were charges brought uh, against him. Oh my god! It's just, it's just ridiculous. I, I read that article, and then like a few months later, I hear, "Oh, he got arrested again." Remember that kid again? <laughs> Who keeps getting this like, kid out? You look, and you look at him, and you're like, "How did they not know?" Yeah, he was a kid. You you walk into this this rinky dink little building. And it's just him there. And I'm like, are you a doctor? Yeah. Okay. My knee's fucking killing me, man. (laughs) Oh, I don't even... I think he was like a gynecologist or something. It's creepy. (laughs) Of course he was. It's just like... It's like... I recall like he had a lot of women patients. And it's like... This is a creep. But it's like... It's it's not funny what he did. It's the fact that he got away with it twice. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't get away if he got caught. But it's just one of those things where it's like, how fucking stupid is everyone involved in this? This this, this whole story feels like some kind of 4chan green text. Of, it does. Of like he says, and it, and it ends with, see you later, virgins. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it feels like a Nathan for you thing. <laughs> oh god that's so good yeah. uh, oh, man. so anyway uh, the deaths of Chris and <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um... <laughs> fuck sorry alright we're going it's back hard, it's, hard to, it's hard to it's hard to come back after laughing to be like and now for real salt it's <laughs> Uh, two hikers uh, with disappear- oh, disappearing. True, no, no, you can't go that dark right now. Oh, oh no, this one's really sad. Okay, hold on. I let me. Uh... This one's messed up, yeah. Yeah. So let's let's just. Uh, I, I there's all those people in Cuba that got sick. There's the there's my segue. There's no segue. We're just plowing through. Um, the Havana syndrome. Where they all heard like a high buzzing noise. Yeah. And then all got physically ill. I remember like back in the nineties, I can't remember, it might have been Unsolved Mystery, but there was there was some kind of T V show that covered that. I mean maybe it's just me, but like I, I get I can get physically ill from certain sounds. Like that's not it's just the fact that like so many people were having it that it's not so much whether or not it was real. It's more of was it intentional or not? Yeah, they they never could find the source of the the sound, and they kept claiming that it was underground. Yeah, well, yeah. They said it was coming from like the ground. It's it's an odd one. Um it it's it, like this is actually one where it's like there's so much theory behind what could have been causing it that I I don't know what to say. It's just one of those odd ones that you can go and listen to kind of what it sounds like because they don't actually have a recording of it. I don't think no. It's it's something that if I heard it, but it's like. We also have to remember, it it may not actually be a sound they're hearing. Like, it might not be traveling through the air. It might be something 
caused through another means that's causing their body to do that. Because, like, if you have tinnitus, you can constantly hear, like, a sharp ringing down. Yeah, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. So, it is possible that they were causing something like that. Like, it's it's so odd, though. And, and it could be a case of mass hysteria, too. Like, nobody's really sure um, if it was... You know, Cuba trying some tech out, or that they got from the Russians, or something. But yeah. it's, it's very odd. It's like the was it that dancing plague that happened yeah. in England? I mean, it, there's a ton of cases of mass hysteria. Um, I was looking into it because I wasn't sure if it was something we we might talk about, but like, um, it, you know, it's as late as 2019 there's been like cases of girls that got in in Kenya girls that had an unknown disease um august 2019 um people say uh, uh, school girls were screaming saying that they saw the face of pure evil um a bunch of people that were on a plane together start getting you know sick and having the same sort of symptom um and then oddly enough people this is this is this is included on the wikipedia article which i feel like just proves that wikipedia can't be trusted sometimes um in the list of mass hysteria cases the 2016 clown sightings (laughs) they were dressing up as clowns yeah they were just a bunch of idiots dressed up as clowns and they were copycats (laughs) There, yeah, yeah. That's not mass hysteria if you're like, yeah, there's there's a bunch of clowns around, and there's a bunch of people dressed as clowns around. But well, here's the thing about that: that had a bigger impact than what you might think, because during that time, McDonald's phased out Ronald McDonald. Oh yeah, I mean, it's because they were, they were some people were going too far. Like, if I'm correct, there was a story from the UK of someone looking into people's windows dressed as a clown. Yeah, and there were there were people and, dressed up with weapons. And and I'm gonna straight up tell you, yeah, the clown the clown makeup or any makeup makes it creepier. Uh, but if anybody's looking, one of the creepiest if if any if in any case somebody has is making a movie out there. Some of the best ways to cause fear is this be- feeling of being watched. Yeah. And people looking in through windows is the creepiest stuff. Like, any story where somebody goes, I pulled up my blinds and there's somebody on the other side and then they run away. Nightmare-inducing. Yeah. Like, all my blinds are always down. I, no. No, no, Especially no, no, no. at night, because you got the lights on. And the reflection, yeah. you can't actually see what's outside. Yeah. But they can totally fuck. see what's inside. Yeah, fuck that noise. Yeah. Yeah. And and to kind of keep going with the idea of sound, are you familiar with the 52 hertz whale or the loneliest whale? Yes. But I, I you're going to have to refresh my memory because so, I do remember some of it. So, um, whales... So the way, like, everybody's heard whales calls, right? Um, But whales have a certain range that they are between. And so this whale 
is outside of the range of most normal whales. Uh, blue whales are between are between ten and thirty nine hertz, um, and fin whales at twenty hertz. And this follows, I believe, the migration patterns of one of those. But it 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 only sends out this call, and because of that, no one, none of the other whales can respond. But they don't know what type of whale. It is. Hmm. Um, now, now here's where I go. They, 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 they wonder if it could be a hybrid whale somehow. Sure. Or if it's malformed. Or somebody, some. Uh, I'm reading here. Actually, people think it might be deaf, which is interesting. But here's my here's my creepy thought for you. Um, what if it's not a whale? They haven't proved it's a whale. They just think it's a whale. The fucking ocean's scary, man. Yeah. And, like, I know this isn't super far off, like, the coast or anything, grand scheme of things, but I always picture, like, what if it's calling for something and it is not a whale? And I, I realize that's a long shot. But that's why I, I fucking hate deep water with a passion because of how creepy it is. Yeah. I'm out of my element, and then God knows what's down there. And I say that with any type of water. The the um the reality is that any landlocked lakes too that have had their water for years, like you don't know what's down there still. Sure, it's not gonna be anything super big. But like we have not explored every lake on the planet. Nope. We don't, and and even if you did, like you can't tell what's inside of it. Um, fuck, fuck the ocean. But the fifty-two hertz whale creeps me the fuck out because, like, if it is a whale, it's very sad. If it's not a whale, that fucking bothers me. And they, and because they can't prove it's a whale, because they haven't seen it. Like, you just have this call. And, like, as as a fellow person that's played Call of Cthulhu, that's all I can think about. <laughs> Not that Cthulhu's real, but, like, there's some creepy shit in the ocean that I don't want to see. So, like, what if this is it calling for something, you know, trying to lure and pray or God knows what. Yeah. That's, that's more my theories and stuff, but yeah. So. Well, speaking of underwater creepy stuff... Up until about two years ago, I never knew this. You want to see something creepy? Go look at the actual size of an anglerfish. Oh, they're huge! Yeah. I thought they were, like, maybe the size of my head. Ew. No. This sucker can swallow me whole. Yeah. I never realized that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an anglerfish is giant. The, 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 the male anglerfish... Which eventually just becomes a parasite on the female anglerfish, because the creature can't be disturbing enough as is. Sure. Um, those are normal fish size, and then the females, this gigantic thing, and they, uh, 
the bottom of the ocean's fucked up, man. Yeah. The things are blind. They don't follow any sort of basic logic in how they're built. And then people are like, well, what if space aliens look like us? I'm like, the things on the bottom of the ocean don't look like us. Yeah. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get some weird fucking shit like that. There's so, there's so many things that exist in the, on this planet alone that we've never seen. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so I kind of I yeah, I, I alluded to it and I want to talk about this one. I'm going to I'm going to skip one uh and we can save it for the next time we do something like this because it's it, it's a story that I can talk about for like 5 seconds and I'll be done. This one's kind of crazy. Um so uh uh Chris Crimmers and uh Lisa Ann Froon. Uh, I think this is right. They're Dutch names. Yes. Yeah, these were Dutch students who disappeared April 1st of 2014 while hiking in Panama. After an extensive search, portions of their bodies were found a few months later. The cause of death cannot be determined uh, definitely, but Dutch authorities working with forensics or search rescue investigators thought it was likely the students had accidentally fallen off of a cliff or after becoming lost. Uh, and then um, the animals got a hold of them. Was it, was it, did they find remnants of both or did they find, I thought they found like a bit of clothing of one and then remnants of the other. So they found, a, they found parts of the, the body. Yeah, they found parts of the body of one of them. They found the belongings of another. Right. Um, the, the creepiest thing about this, and it's something that you can actually see. Is, okay, hold on. <clears throat> I have to just my I'm already like my eyes are like watering because this this case bothers the shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So um, the first thing that happened was the the Bahama or the Panama uh, police dropped the ball majorly on this. Uh, they didn't actually start searching for like two or three days, and uh, by that time they were pretty much screwed at that point. Um. And then they also called off the search like uh, real early, and then it turned into like the family finally had to go out there and try and search for them. Uh, the things that were found obviously were um, uh, the, some of the belongings, backpack. Uh, there were some clothing that was found as well, um, and uh, in the backpack uh, was a digital camera. Now this is the creepy part: the digital camera had multiple pictures on it. Um, the majority of those pictures looked like the, they were taken at night using the flash, which they speculate they were using to light up their pathway. Um, but there is also two pictures that show uh, one of the girl's head and it's bleeding. Which makes people think that possibly there was some foul play involved. And then, so in the in the thing to note is that um, what makes it even odder is that um, sorry again this well, this case bothers me on a level that I it it's like one of those full on like eyes are watering hairs on end. Um, it's the old digital camera method. I mean, your phone doesn't do it in the same way. 
Um, so when it saves the photo, it does it in a sequence. Aren't there two photos missing from the sequence? Yes, there are two photos missing. Uh, there are two photos back to back that are missing. Yeah. So um, that means that somebody deleted them on the camera. Yes. But why would they delete the photos if, like, there's this weird something isn't fully right. Like, even if they got lost, which, let's say that's true. There's this weird sense of, like, not knowing that, like, why certain things happen. Again, I, I alluded to it earlier. Every every small action before someone disappears seems suspicious. However, in the act of disappearing, like, two photos are gone. That's a little odd. Yeah. And the thing that wouldn't be my priority. That wouldn't be my priority. I'm assuming it wouldn't be your priority if you're using the flash as your light. Yeah. So the the other issue is is that they found both phones. Uh, so they found the phones of both girls, um, and there are records of them trying to dial out. Um, and the first attempts happen only five hours after they went on their little hike. Um, which makes me think early on that day they had an issue. So either somebody got hurt or somebody got attacked. Uh, eventually their phones died and it seemed as if they were turning them on and off to see if they could possibly check for a signal. And and they called the 911 equivalent uh, um, from... Uh, the Netherlands, which doesn't work. Yeah, but then they started that, attempting nine one one as well. Yeah. So, let's see here. Froon's camera contained photos from April first, suggesting that the women had taken a trail at the overlook of the Continental Divide and wandered into some wilderness hours before their first attempt to reach nine one one. But no sign of anything unusual. On April 8th, 90, 90 flash photos were taken between 1 and 4 o'clock a.m., apparently deep in the jungle and in near complete darkness. A few photos show that they were possibly near a river or a ravine. Some show a twig with a plastic bag and candy wrappers on top of a rock. Another shows what looks like toilet paper and a mirror on another rock. And another shows the back of Kramer's head with blood on it. And I want to note that the candy wrappers, um, the mirror, like the reason why I'm assuming they took photos of that was to use the flash. Right? Yeah. And shine it against, but that's just my assumption. Yeah. Discovery of the backpack led to new searches. Uh, Kramer's denim shorts, zipped and neatly folded, were found atop a rock. That's... I forgot about that. On the opposite bank of the uh, tributary, a few kilometers away from where Froome's backpack had been discovered, although later witnesses would claim the jeans were not neatly folded but found in the river itself. Two months later, closer to where the backpack was discovered, a pelts and a boot with a foot inside were found soon as at 
Soon, at least 33 wildly scattered bones were discovered along the same riverbank. DNA testing confirmed they belonged to Froon and Kramer, so both both remains have been found. Froon's bones still had some skin attached to them, but Kramer's bones would have been uh, bleached. A Panamanian forensic anthropologist later claimed that under magnification, there were no discernible scratches of any kind on the bones, neither of nature or cultural origin. Uh, there are no marks on the bones at all. Needless to say, that was creepy. Um, another creepy one. Um, this one's pretty quick. Uh, Andrew Paul Gosden was 14 when he disappeared, and he lied and said he was going to school. This has all happened in the UK, uh, UK in England. Um, and... He was only a year younger than me, so he'd be 28 today. Uh, well, technically he'd be 27 still, but he'd be turning 28 this year. And um, he left his house, was pretending to go to school, waited till his family left, went inside the house, got his PSP, and I'll bring up why I say that specifically, um, withdrew 200 pounds from his bank, and bought a one-way ticket to London from Doncaster Station. He was last seen on CCTV leaving King's Cross Station um, and wasn't seen since. Now, a lot of people are like, well, he didn't bring a charger for his PSP. Um, and everybody thinks he was probably playing games on it. But the PSP had a music player built in, mm -hmm. which wouldn't use as much battery power. So I assume he brought that up. Um, brought that for for listening to music um, I want to say he was a fan of Tool uh, I can't recall Slipknot sorry he was wearing a black Slipknot t-shirt um, took his wallet keys and Playstation Portable um, but not, he didn't take anything else with him um, but he didn't take a coat either and uh, yeah he just disappeared and like there's been rumors and people thought he saw him and people said like oh it's me and it's this very weird case but it's just one of those like you were talking about the girls disappearing and you this just happened inside the city but i find it somewhat similar in the fact that like they, they took a piece of tech with them and there's so much emphasis put on the technology. He didn't take his charger, so he clearly wasn't planning on leaving for a long time. But it's like, sure, but if he only was using it for music, like, and he expected to come back, he wasn't going to bring his charger. So I don't fully understand why that's always brought up. I, at least with the photos, there's a reason why, right? Um, yeah. I got... Uh, you now you did, told me you didn't know the Taman. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Taman should case, or the Summerton man. No, I do not know that one. So in Summerton, South Australia, in uh, 1948, there was a bunch. There's a couple of people walking on the beach, and there's a man sort of sitting up against the wall. So the, the, you have the beach, then you have a wall. And then you have sort of the rest of the city, right? Um, it, it, it just because I, I, I specifically say that because there's sort of um, an escarpment 
upwards. So when I say that there's a wall, there's a, a physical wall built. And he was leaning up against it. And he had his feet straight out in front. Um, sorry, he had his legs straight out in front. His feet were crossed. And he kind of just had his arms by his side. Now, um, some people assumed he was just drunk. And they say they thought they saw him move. But... I don't know if that's true or not, right? You're like, they probably just assumed he was fine. Um, so they go and check and yeah, this guy was dead and they don't know who he is. And so they search his pockets. Um, and so an unlit cigarette was on the right collar of his coat, which implies that he was probably alive at some point. The search of his pockets revealed an unused second-class rail ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach, a bus ticket from the city that may not have been used, a U.S.-manufactured narrow aluminum comb, a half-empty pocket of a packet of juicy fruit chewing gum, an Army Club cigarette packet, which contained seven cigarettes of a different brand, Kensitas uh, cigarettes, which were the that was a brand. Sorry, I read that. And a quarter full box of Bryant and May matches. Um, so they, they, there was a person sitting on the beach of the like in the same spot. I'm assuming it's the same person. Uh, it'd be really weird if it wasn't. Sure. But I, I doubt that. I bet he was there for a couple days. Is what I'm saying. Um, and so they they took they like did the normal. Um, uh, autopsy and he was clean shaven but he had no identification uh, they couldn't match his dental records but they also couldn't figure out what he died from um, they found the food they didn't think it was poisoned they don't know how he would have been poisoned and they inevitably buried him. Um, now, if I'm correct, where is the... Do, 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 do. Um, sorry, I, I'm finding, trying to find where this particular weirdness comes in. Um... So, so they they find like a suitcase, um, in the arcade, uh, the Adelaide uh, railway station, and th th it's some odd stuff. But like again, nothing really major. Um, here's why it's called the Tom and Should case. Uh, a tiny piece of rolled up paper with the words Tom Should, again, probably pronouncing that wrong. Printed on it was found in a, a fob pocket sewn within the dead man's trousers pocket. So, like, they made a f another pocket to like hide snow and sewed it up. Yes, public library officials called in to translate the text, identified it as a phrase meaning "ended" or "finished," found on the last page of the Rubiat of Omar Khayyam. The papers all uh, the other side was blank um and they went on a search to find a book copy of the book that had 
basically the same sort of setup. Like, they were trying to find where this piece of paper came from. Um, following a public appeal by the police, a copy of the Rubiat from which the page had been torn was located. A man showed police a 1941 edition of Edward Fitzgerald's translation of the Rubiat, published by Whitcomb and Tombs in Christchurch, New Zealand. Um, uh, basically, they... Do, 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 they could, they, they, by the way, the person's never been ident- officially identified. They use pseudonyms. Um, but if I'm correct, it was a very rare version of the book. And give me one second. Do, do, do. Um, I apologize. There's so much kind of weird stuff. But yeah, here it is. Uh, the, the, a person found a copy of the book in an unlocked car in, in another city on the back seat. Um, and so this is the, this is the copy of the book, this rare sort of print of this book where it had the cutout and then again, sewn into his pants. Very odd. The back of the book, right? Where it would be a blank page against like the cover of it. Sure. Had random letters written. Uh, w, just for example, W-R-G-O-A-B-A-B-D, second line, M-L-I-A-O-I, and then that's crossed out. Like, it's this very weird scribbling, um, and no one's really sure. There was a telephone also located, a telephone number located in the back of the book. They've never identified this person, um, uh... So they call this woman from the phone number. Um, they, she doesn't know him, but in late 1948, an unidentified man had attempted to visit her and asked her next-door neighbor about her. Um, uh, like, this is such a fucking weird case. And, like, I don't... The reason why I'm, like, so, like, kind of scatterbrained is there's so many parts I remember. Like, somebody else has a rare copy of the book. It ends up not being that copy of the book. So, like, you have two of this this sort of odd print, right? Because you have this translation that was printed in New Zealand in Australia. Mm-hmm. And it's a very specific print of the book. There's two of them. One of them you can find the ownership for. It's not that copy. And the other copy is found in an unlocked car. (laughs) With a whole bunch of other scribblings in there. Yes. And, like, they don't know who this person is. They make a bust of his head. Like, it's just a very odd case. It is a rabbit hole to go down. I go down it frequently to see if anything has changed. Usually it hasn't. It's 1948, you know. But it's such a... So... They think he's European, but then he has American-branded stuff. Like, where did he come from? Uh, where did he go? Where did he come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm wondering, have they ever attempted to do DNA with this guy? Um, let me find out. I just closed the page. Uh, I'm assuming, but the, the thing with DNA, which... 
solved one of the cases I would have brought up, which was the Golden State Killer. Yeah. Um, just, wow, that is, uh, you just read about the nightmare scenario that is, talking about being watched. Um, I, I'm sure they have, uh, but that requires... So... Yeah, so they found out that his mother, that he and his mother belonged to haplogroup H4A1A1A, which is apparently possessed by only 1% of Europeans. <laughs> um, but, like, it's, it's, it's still up in the air, because, again, only so many people can do DNA analysis, and then you have to have certain people willing to give over their DNA um, by choice. So, you know, it solves some crimes, but then there's, you know, the legality slash uh, ethical nature of things. Right. Um, it seems to be a case in progress still, so maybe one day we will know his identity. It's the it's what solved the Lori Erica Ruff case, which I suggest any listener go down that rabbit hole. Uh, Joseph Newton Chandler the third, which is still a mystery to some extent because we don't know why he left his family, took the identity of a dead child, um, why he always listened to white noise, why he didn't talk to others, why he eventually killed himself. Um, although I think they kind of knew, I think he had cancer, but still, um, uh, why he would drive like three hours to go shopping, realize that he doesn't want anything, turn around and drive three hours back. Like there's there's always weird stuff even when you don't when you fully know the answers. Yeah. And like Joseph Newton Chandler the third is one of the weirdest things. There's the gentleman who uh didn't remember who he was for years and they've done the DNA and they still don't know why his memory was lost. He was the only missing person where they actually had the person. They just didn't know who he was. Right. So the, he he has found his family. And he, honestly, he said, like, he remembers certain things, but he doesn't remember other parts of it now. And it's like he doesn't remember his family, but he remembers the house. Like, it seemed familiar to him. This is this is how I spend my time, everybody. This is like if you wonder why I'm crazy, I all I do is just go down rabbit holes. Yeah, the uh, one of the great ones that I had never heard of before was the one that Nexpo just recently did with the guy who randomly yeah he left home and uh, didn't tell anybody about it, and then what a few years later he gets hit by a car. In a city clear across the country, wearing... Oh, clearly I am not talking about the same one. I'm thinking barely sociable. No, no, uh, this was Nexpo. This was the one he he did right before Yuba County 5. Oh, The Vanishing of David Lewis. Yeah. I, don't, I think I watched that, but I clearly need to rewatch it. Yeah, the dude, like, straight up just disappeared. Like, his family went to go somewhere, went to go shopping or something. He was going to watch the soup. Bowl? Yes. Or he's going to watch a football game or whatever. Yeah. And then, like... He was recording it. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was recording it. He left food out. He's nowhere to be seen. The car's gone. 
they don't find him for years and it just so happens he is the victim of a car he gets hit by a car he is walking down a highway wearing camouflage and it's killed tip, don't do that <laughs> yeah he is he is killed and hit a car and could have found out it's him and they're like we have no idea how he got here we have no idea where he's been and why he just up and left the the different the alternate version of Cotton Eye Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants a really good um, thing to watch, which we shouldn't have to tell people, uh, the new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix is some of the creepiest shit. There, there's some really really good episodes in there. Um, the gentleman who is found in the dump, whose last hours are... Him just wandering around city? Yeah. Um, the guy, the... the one that happened about an hour away from my house, the poor woman that was killed, and the fucking, the stepdad did that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's not talk about that one. That yeah. one's, we know, we know, we just can't prove. No, we just can't prove. Um... Yeah, uh, oh god. I keep her ashes in a box, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. no, I was thinking more of the guy that went through the roof. Yeah, that's the first episode. That was the wild. First... Yeah, I mean, like, even uh, just uh, that's another one. T- go on about what you're going to go on. But... Okay. So the last one I'm going to bring up. <clears throat> Are you familiar with the uh, Lake City Quiet Pills? I tried to research them today, and even then I was like, I'm not really, like, this is not an explanation. Yeah, so this is insane. And to be honest with you, I believe it. So, and this is slightly conspiracy, but it's, there's so much proof to this. So, in 2009, um, Reddit, which in 2009, Reddit was not as big as it is now. Um, there was a guy who was, for all intents and purposes, we know him as Milo, uh, who claimed to be a military veteran. Um, and he would comment on multiple things. Um, he would, uh, talk about, um, rallying against a bunch of stuff like, uh, uh, politics. And uh, definitely hated socialism and stuff like that. Um, and um, kind of found out he was actually running a website called LakeCityQuietPills.com. Uh, and uh, in mid-2009, Milo stopped posting on Reddit. And a new person uh, with the handle uh, 2-6 logged on. And uh, uh, claimed uh, to be uh, Milo's hosting provider. Uh, let's see, I'm just reading it off now. So this led to Curious to dig deeper into 2.6 and found a user named Angel26 whose email address often appeared in the uh, Lake City Quiet Pills website. Angel26's forum post had no direct ties to 
this website. However, uh, they could be associated with the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant, which had the tagline of dispensing Lake City quiet pills to lousy bastards in need of permanent rest since 1968. So, as we can kind of figure out, quiet pills is bullets. So, uh, investigations uh, led to a poster named Angel, assumed to be Angel 2-6, looking for groups of 8 to 10 people who were fluent in specific languages to travel to different countries and deliver packages. On the surface, this could uh, have ties to illegal activity. Some believed the ad was related to Muhammad al-Mad... I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, a person's assassination. Um, in fact... There were multiple posts talking about this hotel, meeting up at this hotel, bringing packages to this hotel, and it was the same hotel this person was staying at. And there were multiple people responding to these posts saying, yes, we are here. All right, then. Since then, Lake City Quiet Pills was take, took down right after that and never been brought back there is some crazy speculation into thinking that this website was actually some kind of underground assassination ring led by ex-military people uh, okay so I did kind of have the gist of it I, I uh, alright yeah it's weird. I, I, I don't know. I, I know you think it's real. I, I can't deny that. It's one of those things where it's like, I think I need to see the original posts. And like, if you look this up, you'll get a lot of people's interpretations before you get to see any screenshots or anything. Yeah, the problem is this was a little bit before the time of screenshotting every damn thing. Yeah. And the Wayback Machine is not really helping things. There's not Damn. there's not much there. Um, if it's, it, trying to find actual hard evidence that Lake City Quiet Pills ex ever Even existed is is hard to find. But there are people who are like, yeah, I was on Reddit during this time. I totally saw this stuff. All right. Well, I have a one that's still there, surprisingly, even though the user deleted their account. Uh, called the Bridge. So in the UK. These guys found, like, a um, manhole cover near the bridge. Um, basically, like, they found a... It's a cement bridge, but they found out they could get inside. So they they were like, oh, we think we found the opening. So they open up the manhole, and they go inside, and it's a tight fit. It's also pitch black, right? Um... And, and there's four guys, and they're 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 finding themselves in these these uncomfortable like things. Like you got remember, you got to you got to kind of squeeze through it. It's not built for like easy access. It's built there for people going in to maybe fix something. Um. Uh. So so they're squeezing through, and uh, one of the guys says that they can kind of see something in the distance at the far end. So, um, they find a single foldable, foldable chair positioned facing the wall. 
On the wall was a partially torn page from a newspaper or a magazine showing a fully naked lady in an erotic position. Um, the eyes of the woman had been cut out, like cut out, not scra- scratched, but cut. Um, uh, and then they found a condom covered in blood. So they're like, all right, we need to get the fuck out of there. So they leave. They went back and took photos. So there is photos from a return visit. Because clearly people are like, take photo. So they go and they take a photo of the outside of the bridge. They show where the manhole cover is. So when I say this bridge, it actually runs above a road. And it's a concrete bridge for trains. Gotcha. So they show like how dark it gets inside and it's these metal hand. So it's like a kind of a metal plate that's raised on a cement block. And then they go down uh, into it. And, and the photos like they'll, they, they take one in the dark and then they take one with like the flash on. And um going to be honest with you, both are creepy in their own ways. Um, so they have one of the guys kind of squat, do the slab squat. And, uh, yeah, there's just, like, the l- little bit of light being shown. Then they show you where they squeeze through. And it's it's sort of this, like, flat area that they have to crawl in. Um, and then they have to kind of go into... So they crawl in, and then they go into a bigger sort of open area. Um, and inside this area is... I'm assuming, like, the shape of the bridge. Like, the interior is kind of, like, not even. Um, they find what looks like a makeshift bed. I'm looking at the photos as we talk. It's dusty. Uh, there's a cut padlock. Um, a used candle. Some blue rope. Uh, a milk container that looks like it might be filled with piss. Uh, human feces. Oh, wonderful. In bags, because that's just what you do. There is crime scene tape. And then they go in and they show you what they're talking about with the chair. There's a small knife. There's a different picture. Um, but the he says that the vagina area of the photo, it's not nude, but the vagina, like between her legs, there is a cigarette burn. You can't see it in the photo. I've looked. Um, but yeah, like these the black sticky tape on the like electrical tape on the photos that would have kept it on the wall at some point. Um, a brush, some scissors, uh, a nail that looks like it had some blood on it, a candle that had been melted into the wall so it could hold up on the wall. Um, a partially what looks like burnt photo that's hanging on the wall still. Um, and the chair that they call the devil's chair. They said that the condom was gone, too. So they think someone came back. And like, yeah, I wouldn't have gone back in that fucking bridge. No, no. But uh, God bless 
I mean, there's four of them, so I'm sure they weren't as worried. But even then, I'd be like, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, no, no. We're, we're not. We're not good enough friends. <laughs> Nobody's good enough friends. <laughs> yeah, and like that is that. So before I was on, I, like I frequented Reddit. Um, that was one I had even heard about because I think at the time I probably was on Imager quite a bit. Right. And like the photos made it there, and. uh yeah, those are some for a lot of nothing going on in those photos. There's a lot going on in those photos. Like they, it's it's very similar to the photos from the missing girls, except that thank God these people are okay. Um, yeah. Jesus. Um. I, I assume you're done, right? That's all you've got. I've got one thing I want to bring up, and it's something that happened to me personally. Okay, we're going to save the Yuba County 5 for another time? Uh, we can if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. Do you believe in the supernatural? How far are we going in? Do you believe in ghosts? Not particularly, no. Okay, I don't either. Okay. So, and I still don't, but I have. Experience. I don't know you're, you. You seem to be. You seem to be going that way, Drew. Yeah. I saw. I. I. I experienced something that I have. That I cannot explain, and I was not alone in this. My father was with me. So uh, I have to give you a backstory, um, and it is going to be revealing to me. My father. Um, people who know me call me Bobby. The reason why they call me Bobby is because my father uh, ran and owned a pain business. So everybody, uh, so everybody calls me it. Bobby. Yeah. You know. We're all real original. Yep. Yep. So King of the Hill. So my father um, not only owned the business, but he also operated it himself as well. And he regularly deliver gas, you know, propane to, to uh, residential places, also businesses, as well as churches. Now, I say churches because um, he has had multiple, he's, he's, he's sold the company, he is retired now, um, but he had multiple churches that he also supplied propane to. Well, uh, this was a Saturday night, a uh, very cold Saturday night, um, uh, and it was a church local here, called Hebron Church. So I'm going to be showing close to where I live. Um, the Hebron Church is one of the oldest churches in the state of Georgia. Uh, so old, in fact, that there are actually Revolutionary War soldiers buried here. It is very, very old. Um, and they still hold church services to this day. It is a very small church. Um, it's out in the middle of nowhere, right in the middle of the woods. And a Saturday night, um, probably around 8 o'clock at night, uh, my dad got a phone call from the Hebron church people. And they're saying, we are out of gas. And we were having church service in the morning. Could you please bring some to a tank? And we will pay you, you know, the whole thing. And, of course, dad being... The way he is, he was like, of course, I'll I'll go fill it up. Well, he was already at home on Saturday, and he asked me, he's like, and I was, I want to say I was probably 
13, maybe 13, 14, somewhere around in there. Uh, I wasn't able to drive, but I was definitely a teenager at that point. And he asked me, he said, Drew, you want to come with me? He said, yeah, just ride with your dad. Get, keep me company. I was like, all right, sure. So we took off in a, in a gas truck to go fill up this, uh, this uh, tank. And we pull up, and it is dark. It's pitch black. Uh, this church is out in the middle of the woods. Um, there is no street lights or anything like that. It is pitch black. So uh, Dad has uh, these lights on his truck. It's like outside, like floodlights on his truck. So we pull up to the church. We pull up to the tank, and uh, Dad is um, uh, put the hose on the to the tank. He's filling up the tank, and it's relatively loud, right? Um, so we, you know, it's constantly running. It's not not overly loud that you can't stand it, but it is loud enough to where it sounds almost like a generator's running or something like that. And we're about halfway through finishing up this, this filling up this tank, and I'm standing out there with Dad. It's cold as hell, and uh, I notice Dad looks at me, and then looks back at the truck, and he turns off the pump. And he, he stands there almost like he's listening for something. And then he turns the pump back on. And I was like, what the hell was that? And Dad's like, I thought I heard something. And I was like, okay. And it happens again. Dad walks over, turns off the pump. He then definitely does hear something. I also do too. And at this point, I'm following Dad. Because I'm like, okay, there's there's something going on. What the sound is, it sounds like footsteps inside the church. And I'm not talking one set of one person walking around the church. I'm talking the entire fucking congregation stomping around in there. Me and Dad both I heard mean, it. I mean, there was someone. There was a multiple people there. I'm assuming they're asking you to fill up. No. Okay. So this is the next thing Dad does. Like I said, I'm following Dad. Dad walks around to the front of the church. There's not a car in the parking lot at all. And Dad's like, "They're not having service today. It's pitch black out here. There's no lights on in there." Dad unhooks the hose, puts it back on his truck, and we leave without filling up that tank. To which my dad, I asked my dad as we were going down the road, because at this point, my heart kind of sank. And I asked dad, I was like, were you scared? And he's like, no, I'm not scared. I was like, well, you heard it and I heard it. And he's like, yeah. I said, what did it sound like to you? He said, it sounded like they were having church in there. I was like, yeah, but there's nobody there. He said, well, maybe it was somebody trying to break in. And I was like, Dad, that was more than one foot up. Shut up, Bobby. To this day, Dad still remembers this, and he cannot explain what that was. Now, was there somebody in that church? There absolutely was. Because I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in apparitions. I don't care how old the church is. I don't care how big the cemetery is. But it was freaky as shit. 
So you want my freaky story then? Go for it. Give you cat. So uh, there was a bar in. Uh, so I used to live in London, Ontario, and the reason why it's important to note that is that the downtown area is very popular with the amount of college students and university students that we have in that city, and so there was a lot of bars, and they're all in the main Richmond Row, is what it's called. I was off of that. I was going to see a show in a small pub. Uh, weirdly enough, the upper floor is where they would have the show, and the bottom floor was the actual, like, eating pub. Whatever. It closed because of um, development, of course, as every, every good thing does. And so I, I saw a show there, and I'm like, I had a drink, so I didn't drive. I got a ride from my parents. I then go to leave, but I'm like, I'm not going to catch a cab. It's a 30-minute walk from downtown to my house. I'll be fine. You know, I brought I brought my headphones just in case. Um, I mean, it's it's dark. It's 10 p.m. But I'm like, ah, you, you leave one in, you leave one out. I should be fine. It, I'm, I'm not on the main row, so I'm not going to run into anybody that's drunk, that wants to pick a fight, you know? And, like... I'm in a better part of downtown. Like it's the West End is a little bit nicer than the East End in London. Um, I'm going up this this road that the bar is on, and I'm like, if I go straight up, I'll hit one of the main roads, um, and I will just combine, like connect, and and then walk the walk, walk Richmond upwards, like north uh, bound. And then I'll have to, then I'll skip the actual bar section of Richmond. Um, I'll walk to the university. It'll be a little bit more safe. I don't have to go through the bad area. Um, it'll all be fine. So I'm walking down this road, and at one point there's a train track. And so instead of going over the train track, the sidewalk goes, and sidewalk and road goes under the train track. And I'm walking towards it, and I can see up ahead, there's a light on one side of the train track, my side, and a light on the other side. And underneath the train track, I can make out a silhouette of a person. And I'm like, okay, I have two options here. And I don't like either of them. Because now I'm now I'm not on one of the sort of main roads that I can easily walk to Richmond. So... I have to either take a back alleyway to get through this this back road to the main Richmond Street, or I, ha- I can go down and potentially deal with whatever problem this person is going to cause. Because who the fuck is waiting? Us? It's not that they were sleeping. They were standing up. I'm like, okay. I don't like any of my options. So... I'm like, go, I go around, and luckily enough, um, I kind of know this area. I'm not downtown all the time, but I know this back area because the train track runs right by my friend's old business. So I'm like, if I take the train tracks, which not really safe at night uh, when a train could come through still, but I'm like, if I take the train tracks, I can get to Richmond. You can also see the train coming, usually. Well, it... 
we're on a curve. So I, I'll I'll hear the train coming, but you know I picture myself getting stuck and being screwed type of thing. <laughs> it's so, final destination shit. But but I, but here's the thing: I have to get close to this person still to get to the train tracks. I can't just cut across. There's buildings in the way. So I like I quickly get to the train tracks and I fucking bolt because now I'm like this person can hear me moving. This person saw me walking up. There's no way. Um, I bolt to the main street, and I've never been so happy to see a homeless man in my life. I think I gave him all the change in my pocket because he's just like, hey, man, you got – Mike? here you go, man. Because <laughs> now I'm on the main street. I'm finally, right? And this homeless guy's sitting there, and he asks me if I have any change. And I'm just like, fucking God bless. There's another person here because – I was on a street with nobody else except this one person underneath this fucking bridge, and it just creeped me out. It, because of it's not like this other person was just walking, and I got nervous. This person was standing under a train track. It wasn't raining, like there's it was a warm summer's night. It wasn't like it was you know they were cuddling up in the cold trying to get away from the snow. It was just they were underneath the train tracks, just chilling, waiting. For their next victim. Uh, Jude, like, I... Why else would they be waiting under a train track? So... In the dark. So, never look back? Nope. No. No. No, um... I... I I started... So when I, I... I ran... And I slowed down as I reached Richmond... Almost to a stop to hear if they were following. I didn't hear anything... But that doesn't mean that they weren't... I did eventually look back once I hit Richmond and no one came out. So I'm assuming they didn't follow me. But it's still, like, fucking creepy. Oh, shit, yeah. And and, and here's the thing. I had walked from further downtown before and, like, felt safer. Like, it, it was one of those, like, uh, back roads during the night. Definitely, I don't know. Like, never doing this again. Um, and I think that was honestly the last time I walked from downtown. Like, that's how fucking creepy it was. I was just like, yeah, I'll just drive and not drink. That's a better time. So there, uh, w- one quick thing. I actually have video evidence of this. I think I sent it to you before. Um, there is uh, a guy who is notorious around here for walking around... <laughs> He's walking around with a briefcase. Now, if it was a guy in a business suit walking around with a briefcase, nobody would bad an eye. This dude does not look like he should be carrying around a briefcase. And he will stop and talk to anybody that, that will be willing to listen. He's a very friendly man. He's also very insane. Uh, he <clears throat> believes uh, that he is... Um, the uh, son of JFK and Marilyn Monroe. All right. Uh, he is. He claims to be a um, a government assassin who determines uh, where the uh, the 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 poor and the rich people are supposed to live. Um. And the briefcase is the football codes for the nuclear weapons. Uh, I have video evidence of this man, not from me, 
but from a friend of mine that I used to work with, he ran into him and he filmed this guy. Now, the guy didn't know he was filming him. In fact, most of the video is pitch black because he's got the phone uh, against his leg. Right. But you can hear the conversation. And he, you could tell, my friend was like, I need to get the hell out of here right fucking now. Um, yeah. That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing that guy up over the bridge. <laughs> uh, no, below the bridge. And not in a, not like under the bridge and like, like in Red Hot Chili Peppers way, like under the bridge and then he stabs a guy. Uh, all right, I got one more before I have to go to work. And this is a weird one um, because I'm kind of asking for help. It's it's a music story. Huh. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so in the year 2000, in the year 2000, um, but the, so the Matrix came out in 1999. In the year 2000, a 19-year-old made it from Australia made a parody called Computer Boy. And I think everybody should watch it. It's a good time. Sure. It's cheap. Okay. It's dumb. It's it's what if Keanu Reeves was playing like classic Keanu Reeves in The Matrix? Whoa. Uh, the guy that plays Morpheus is white because who gives a shit? It's a parody and it's dumb. Yep. And um, the guy playing Keanu Reeves does it perfectly. He goes, whoa, just like Michael Jackson. <laughs> and the and the and the office scene where the the guys uh, agents come in is just perfect. Uh, Morpheus, the Morpheus. And then he stands up in this office building and goes, shit, no way, no way, shit. And he sits back down. <laughs> It's so dumb. I love it. If you watch the credits, all the music is written by this one guy. However, that is not true. The opening song, I could not find for years. And I loved it. It's kind of got this, like, Moby vibe okay. going on. Uh, Moby play era. So it's, like, electronic, but it's it's not... Kind of funky stupid. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's kind of funky, yeah. Then somebody on Tumblr one day just uh, – I'm not on the Tumblr, but I've searched for this thing for oh, – at this point. So I started watching that my final year of high school. So 20, uh, 2009, 2008, 2009, right? So it's it's been seven, eight years, and no one at the time had a list. Eventually I looked it up, and somebody had edited the Wikipedia page that the song in the opening was a song – by Anders and Matthew Nielsen called Blue Moon. And okay. that, that's a lie? No. Maybe. I don't know. Here's where it gets confusing. The only source of this is a, uh, is a Tumblr post. The person uploaded the whole song, so I have it. Thank you, that person. They say that they've had it on, they've brought it over from hard drive to hard drive for a <laughs> while. It is clearly not a fake. It is not an edit. Someone, like, this is the original song because the quality of Computer Boy is low. It was a streaming movie in 2000, so you can only quite the quality of it is, that it is now. It's It's been through a couple times. It's deep fried. 
in terms of like being video. Um, this song, uh, they say they got it from an Australian. This because this movie is in Australia it makes sense. An Australian magazine that would include it was some like tech magazine that would include like a disc of music. But it was a disc of random music, and apparently it was like a data disc, not like a CD, like an actual CD. So it was like MP3s almost that they just downloaded from the internet and thought were good. I I don't really know how that's okay or whatever. They say this song is called uh, is called Blue Moon by Anderson Matthew Nielsen. It heavily samples something else. I can't find that sample. Um. They, I, I don't know what magazine it's from. I asked my friend in Australia. Uh, he told me that if it, it, the magazine wouldn't have referenced what was on the disc, it would just be what's on the disc. Um, I said, do you potentially have this disc? Like, if you kept, did you keep these magazines in the disc? And, like, he said he'd ask father. I don't think that the father had it. Um so I don't know the magazine anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But he had some pretty – he had a sneaking suspicion of what magazine it would be. Is this a song by Anders Nielsen and Matthew Nielsen? Or is it a song by someone with the mononym Anders and a man named Matthew Nielsen? By the way, I cannot find anyone working under those names. There's names that are similar, but then they're also not in Australia. So – What's the likelihood of somebody in um, Europe doing a random song that's clearly sampling it, some sort of English song? Um, and like the English, I mean like American probably. Are you looking at this right now? Because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. says New Moon contains the ID3 artist tag of Sinister Sam. I swear to God, if this is changed. ID3 is a metadata container. Yep. ID3 is so, so MP3s have different tags. I think we are at ID4 now, which can do a little bit more. Okay. But um, that's odd because is it Sinister Sam one word? Uh, Two words. Huh. So it, it it was credited to Anders and Matthew Nielsen for before. um, And it's just... So here's this song that I have that I don't know anything about. And it's such a weird... Um, it's, just a, it's just a weird... Um, let me see here. Um, yeah, see, like, but it's saying still, like, if you look at the music list, it says... Um, Anderson Matthew Nielsen and it, it's second half of closing credits but it's also the intro music too and it's like I don't I don't fully understand yeah see upcoming band uh, coming bands Sinister Sam and the Stud and Track House Band I, dude this fucking movie keeps having weird information more and more to leak out and it's been on the internet for that long and I, ca- I can't find any information that's like concrete about it and I have the song there's another song out there 
that is like this fake 80s song, I'm pretty sure, that some uploaded that they say they recorded off the radio and the intro got cut off, and no one can identify it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that video. And it's like, I question that to some extent. That but, Yeah, that's, that's n- yeah, no, somebody made but, that. But, but it's like, it's th- it's that still like it's it's a weird like i don't fucking understand yeah i don't understand how i can have this song and it like be so unclear still that's so i'll send that song to you and uh, you can give it a listen maybe put it at the end it's a great song but fuck me man it's 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 one of those things where it's like every time i dig i cannot find it okay find any more info i'll definitely put it in the um, in the outro here and i just realized that the the youtube uh video for this podcast is gonna be of that fucking kid that the fucking lab coat perfect (laughs) i gotta find a picture here let me see if i find a picture oh dude if you just type it in it's like just kid pretends to be doctor it'll be the first hit Kid, there it is. <laughs> Man, eighteen arrested for pretending to be a doctor. <laughs> Save picture. Thank you very much. Oh Jesus! This is perfect. Okay, well, are you, is that is that you, you think that's you're done? it for me? I have to head to work. Yeah, yeah, I gotta hit the bed because I gotta get up at four a.m. Fun times, but uh, yeah, uh, I I absolutely love the show. So yep, <laughs> there you go. We'll probably do another of just murders. <laughs> yeah, I, I figure we do one of true crime because that's uh, it's insane. Uh, but uh, at least I'm going to leave you guys with a few uh, websites or, or or YouTube channels to at least check out. Obviously, we mentioned Nexpo. Uh, that's that's kind of the uh, to me that's the cream of the crop when it comes to internet mysteries. Um, he does a great job there. He cites his sources, which is very important. Uh, Barely Sociable is another really good one. Um, he can get a little hokey at times. Nick Crowley is okay. Um, uh, oh, God. Um, blame it on Jorge. Yeah, blame it on Jorge is another really good one. Yeah. Um, if you're into true crime, like, like the, the actual real, this guy murdered this person kind of thing, that chapter is really, really good. Um, and he uploads a ton uh, another channel I want to plug. He doesn't post as much as he should. I think because he just he he has he takes his time with a lot of stuff. He specializes in interrogation videos and analysis. J S no J C S criminal psychology stands for Jim can't swim, and that guy is fascinating. He does only mainly interrogation videos, and he'll pause it and say, look at his demeanor here. This shows that he's lying, and he explains why. Like, this dude is obviously some type of, like, professor in this kind of stuff. But, 
Okay. So if we want to wrap this up, I have to go. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry. I, it just it, it popped up and I was like, okay. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am at Drew Leachman. The podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Anthony's got to go to work. Uh, thank you all for listening. Until next time, I am Drew. I'm Anthony. And we're out of here. We'll be back next week with the continuation of Lost Odyssey.